The, gospels, uh, the apostles gathered around Jesus and told him all they had done and taught. He said to them, Come away to a deserted place all by yourselves and rest a while. For many were coming and going, and they had no leisure even to eat. And they went away in the boat to a deserted place by themselves. Now many saw them going and recognized them, and they hurried there on foot from all the towns and arrived ahead of them. As he went ashore, he saw a great crowd, and he had compassion for them, because they were like sheep without a shepherd, and he began to teach them many things. When they had crossed over, they came to land at Gennesaret and moored the boat. When they got out of the boat, people at once recognized him and rushed about that whole region and began to bring the sick on mats to wherever they heard he was. And wherever he went into villages or cities or farms, they laid the sick in the marketplaces and begged him that they might even touch the fringe of his cloak, and all who touched it were healed. The Gospel of the Lord. Please be seated. Grace and peace to you from our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. If you were to Google, a, Google around for information about Queen Vashti, as I did these last couple of weeks, you would have come across a delightful children's book called Queen Vashti's Comfy Pants. Queen Vashti's Comfy Pants. And it tells the story of Queen Vashti, which we just heard this morning. Um, and it tells it, of course, in a, in a very different way. When Vashti is summoned to the party, it says, She told the messenger, Please go and tell the king that I said no. And if you could please explain that I have friends to entertain. I will not don my royal crown or change into a fancy gown. I am not in the mood to dance, for I am in my comfy pants. Then the king, who is incensed, comes to her and insists that she must go to the party. He says, you must come dance, the monarch cried, his face burned red with wounded pride, and I demand your friends come too, or I'll make mincemeat out of you. The queen's friends stood and hollered, no, we're happy here and we won't go. We are not in the mood to dance, for we are in our comfy pants." Now, I think we can all get behind this in this time of COVID. No one, not even the king of Persia, is going to make us give up our comfy pants again. I know when the comfy pants come on in my house, nobody is going anywhere. And I am sure that with people who are watching the live stream this morning, many are in their comfy pants. I, I will not come to church for I am in my comfy pants. <laughs> This book is a very fun and very cute retelling of the story of Queen Vashti, which basically goes like this, that around 2,500 years ago, the king of Persia takes Vashti as his queen. And on the seventh day of this legendarily lavish and drunken party, the king calls on Vashti to come and show her beauty to his male guests. Commentators and scholars have debated what this meant, whether he just meant to show off his beautiful queen or whether he wanted her to appear naked and dance. But in any case, she refuses, not because she's in her comfy pants, but because she will not be objectified and submit herself to the male gaze. Her response is no. 
and it sends the king and his royal court into an uproar. Vashti's response has received praise over the years from other women like Harriet Beecher Stowe, who called Vashti's disobedience the first stand for women's rights. Elizabeth Cady Stanton, advocate for women's suffrage, wrote that Vashti added new glory to her day and generation by her disobedience, for resistance to tyrants is obedience to God. And in the Woman's Bible, Lucinda Chandler writes, Vashti is conspicuous as the first woman recorded whose self-respect and courage enabled her to act contrary to the will of her husband. She was the first woman who dared. What stands out to me the most in this long reading is the reaction of the men and the husbands in the kingdom. They were terrified that their wives were going to be inspired by Vashti and disobey them. They worried that, quote, for this deed of the queen will be made known to all women, causing them to look with contempt on their husbands. Oh, no. They convinced the king to make a decree that Vashti would lose her position as queen and that all women should be subject to their husbands. It says, the king sent letters to all the royal provinces, to every province in its own script, to every people in their own language, declaring that every man should be the master of his own house. Talk about fragile masculinity. A single act of disobedience, a single no, scared all those men to death. One of the great things about the Bible is how even though these stories are really old, they still remain relevant in our time and in every time. That's because through story, poetry, parables, and epistles, they tell the truth about our human condition and our human community. And surely we can hear the echoes of Vashti's story in our culture today, in the Me Too movement, backlash to women's voices and leadership, conversations about consent, and the discrediting of strong women of color. There are much more qualified people than me to speak to these, but I know that we need to do a much better job of believing women and listening to women and amplifying women's voices and responding to strong and powerful women not as a threat like the men of Persia and some men today, but as a gift. In a great article in a magazine called Inheritance, Bianca Mabute-Louis writes about what she sees as the magic of Queen Vashti. She says, In every manifestation of toxic masculinity that is exposed by Queen Vashti's prophetic refusal, her resilience, love, and resistance shine even brighter. Black womanist and Jewish feminist theologians have been reviving and redeeming stories like that of Queen Vashti, who have been intentionally excluded from mainstream interpretations because their embodied resistance continues to threaten the patriarchy. And we have begun to do some of that in our own little way with revisiting in these first weeks of faces of our faith, Sipra and Pua, the midwives in Egypt, the daughters of Zelophehad who went face to face with Moses, Deborah, the prophet and judge and conqueror, and now Queen Vashti. But within this larger picture, I wonder what we can spiritually learn and take away from Vashti's story. For me, it is the one word that made all of Persia tremble. No. No. 
And saying no itself is a kind of spiritual practice. Sometimes saying no is about acknowledging our limitations, and that's what Jesus tried to do when he tried to take his disciples away from the crowds. Sometimes saying no is about setting an important boundary around our time, commitments, and energy. Sometimes saying no comes out of discerning what is mine to do and what is for others. No is a powerful word, and as it does with Vashti, it connects at a very deep and powerful level with our own personal integrity, and it could be a way of uh, preserving that integrity. Saying no to some things allows us to say yes to the things that matter and that we value most. Um, During COVID time, I had a really talented ministry colleague um, of a different denomination and a different state working part-time, a colleague who thoughtfully maintains very good boundaries on her time, which requires the ability to consistently say no. No, that's my day off. No, I'll be away. No, I can't do this right now, but I can do it later. And it caused such an issue for those folks in her church particularly the staff who themselves did not have good boundaries and found it hard to say no, that she decided to leave her position at that church. And they lost out on an exceptionally talented ministry leader. Now, I want to take a moment to say how much I appreciate everybody here being very respectful of my boundaries, even when I am not. Um, Just this past week at church council meeting, I had three people remind me that Friday's my day off and don't do that. (laughs) And my pastoral support team reminds me that no is a full sentence. So while I am incredibly grateful for the support I get here at church, I was just so disappointed for my friends who in good faith set good boundaries but could not endure in her setting. Saying no, even in the nicest way possible, often garners a surprisingly strong reaction from people, often because they struggle with saying it themselves. And that's because we think that's what we're not, we're not supposed to do that when we're being nice and kind and Christian. Along the same line this week, my therapist shared a list of things I'm, not, things I'm no longer apologizing for. Have you seen any of these lists on the internet? Things I'm no longer apologizing for. There are lots of different versions online, but um, this was a pretty good list that she shared with me. Things I'm not apologizing for. Things I'm no longer apologizing for. My feelings, having firm boundaries, saying no to something I'm not interested in doing, being emotional or crying, not answering the phone when I can't or don't feel like it, needing a break, asking for clarity when I don't understand, how other people behave, changing and becoming better, not agreeing with someone, putting myself first. I can't be anything to anyone if I am nothing to myself. Not settling for less than I deserve. Letting go when I need to. Healing at my own pace. You might give some thought about what would be on your list. What are you no longer apologizing for? What do you need to say no to so that perhaps you can say yes to something better? Vashti's powerful no had an incredible impact in the Bible. Her no 
led to the ascendancy of the next queen of Persia, who was Esther, for whom the book is named. Esther, who was Jewish, was also beautiful, but in her role as queen, managed to convince the king not to carry out his plans to destroy the Jewish people in his land. And so God used Vashti's principled no for a greater good, to preserve God's people. And God can use our no's as well as our yeses to bring about good in the world. And so may God bless our no's and our yeses, that we may make them thoughtfully, with integrity, and that they might both bear much fruit. Amen.